The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As there was a great crowd without anything to eat, Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I have compassion for the crowd because they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from a great distance. His disciples replied, How can one feed these people with bread here in the desert? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. Then Jesus ordered the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and after giving thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute, and they distributed them to the crowd. They had also a few small fish, and after blessing them, he ordered that these two should be distributed. The crowd ate and were filled, and they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. Now there were about 4,000 people, and Jesus sent them away, and immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmotha, the Gospel of the Lord. Today we read in Genesis chapter 3 the great effects of the fall. Four major ruptures occur, devastating ruptures. The first rupture between God and humanity. Adam and Eve have to hide themselves. They think now God is a tyrant who has come to judge them and they cannot face God in their sinful condition. There's a rupture between Adam and Eve, because now their eyes are open, they see that they're naked, there's shame, and they have to cover themselves. Then there's the rupture within the inner soul of each of them, because the lower passions are now at war with the higher reason. We now have lust come into the world. Again, that's why they have to hide themselves from each other. Finally, there's the rupture with creation, because Adam and Eve now have to suffer, Eve giving childbirth and Adam having to bring fruit from the earth by the sweat of his brow. These four ruptures are endemic of the whole separation that occurs with sin, and we find that right through the Old Testament. Israel will be separated from its temple, from worship, from their homeland as they get deported because of their idolatry. God will not let this stand, so he begins the long process of restoration right here in that first reading from Genesis chapter 3. So we have that announcement of the first gospel where God brings the parties together and addresses the serpent and says, I will put enmity, which means total opposition. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. And through the rest of the Old Testament, we have great women who rise up and actually crush the head of the enemies of God's people. And this is all typology preparing for the great woman, the Blessed Virgin Mary. So we have J.L. in the book of Judges, chapter 4, who drives a tent peg through the temple of the great enemy of Israel, Sisera. 
Then we have Deborah, also in Judges chapter 4, who rises up and she inspires Israel to victory over, again, Israel's enemies. Esther comes on the scene later and defeats Haman. Haman wanted to wipe out Judaism altogether. She defeats him by her faith. Judith defeats Holofernes, and Holofernes wants again to defeat Israel. All of this is, I say, preparation for what will happen in the New Testament, and we see that in John chapter 2, where the Blessed Virgin Mary is called woman by Jesus. Just as the first woman prompted the first Adam to sin by pointing out how good the tree was to eat, even though that was in disobedience, now the second woman, the new Eve, prompts the second Adam to begin his ministry. When she notices that the couple at this wedding feast have run out of wine, wine represents joy. The whole Old Testament has run out of wine. The joy has gone because they're all in captivity to Rome. And here we have Mary bringing that to the attention of her son. And Jesus says, woman, what is that between you and me? Knowing that he's calling forth the woman of Genesis. Together now they embark in this great victory over evil. And so Jesus multiplies the wine. So now there's an abundance of wine and the best of wine, which is a type of the Eucharist. So it's all a great joyful plan. We now come to the gospel where we have this multiplication of the loaves and the fish, which is again a preparation for the Eucharist. The people have been fed, now they're hungry, and Jesus is going to perform this great miracle. And this is in Gentile territory. This is not in Israel. There's a separate miracle in Israel. Here we have the seven loaves, and Jesus using that Eucharistic language that will come at the Last Supper and that we will hear at today's Mass. He took, he broke, he gave. And then we actually have the, the word Eucharistia, which means obviously Eucharist, right there in the text. He gave thanks. So here we are today in this great Eucharistic banquet, the culmination of the Messianic feast. Again, a typology from the Old Testament. And we are going to be strengthened because we are in now great war with our enemy who still wants to defeat good. So let us thank God as we come forward and take the Eucharist with great thanksgiving and then with that strength go out and complete the mission God has given us, which is to build up his kingdom, to invite everyone to this banquet and to rejoice that we are God's children. We will defeat evil by having Christ living right in us. Let us pray.